You're listening to the Well Women Podcast. I'm your host, Gemma Lee, women's cycle health educator. Together, we're normalizing periods, cracking open real body talk, and femme rising the future. I'm here to remind you that your body is amazing. You can achieve balance, and body confidence all begins with your menstrual cycle. Get ready, beautiful. You're about to learn how to confidently reconnect with your body and discover your unique flow. This is episode 147 of the Well Woman podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. This is the first episode of 2022, and today we are chatting all about habits. I'm joined by one of my very good friends, Dr. Gina Cleo, and we are talking all about creating lasting habits. I couldn't have thought of a better topic to kick off the new year with habits, right? So think about what are your habits? What are you thinking of implementing in this new year? What is something that you would like to change, welcome in, get rid of? So Dr. Gina Clear, who's joining us for this chat today, she is one of the world's leading experts in habits and is passionate about translating scientific evidence into simple, actionable strategies to help improve health, wellness, mindset, lifestyle, and business-related habits long-term. Now, Dr. Gino has a PhD in habit change, is an assistant professor at Bond University and an accredited dietitian. When she's not geeking out on new habit research, Gina is running her courses through her Habit Change Institute and obsessing over chai lattes, of course, which we do talk about in this episode. So what else we chat about in this episode is why habits are important. We chat about the difference between habits and behavior. Really important to identify the difference there. We talk about ego depletion, creating automation, and how to create habit change. How to know if your habits are actually supportive or unsupportive. And then we talk about diet habits. Um, Let's face it, this is the new year. Diets are one of the most common things when it comes to habits. And so we talk about why diets are not the habit that you need. Supporting daily habits, addiction versus habit. And then lastly, Dr. Gina gives us three habit hacking tips that we can all welcome into the new year with. I trust that you'll enjoy this episode as much as what we did recording it. Gina is a great friend and we have lots and lots of raw, real funny moments in this episode. So enjoy. Have you heard? We officially have launched a brand new Well Women Academy. Yep, today's show is sponsored by this new signature membership program, the Well Woman Academy. Would you love to discover your own menstrual cycle, understand ovulation, master menstruation, and live cyclically? Well, your menstrual cycle membership is officially here. The Well Woman Academy is a monthly membership where together we study things like menstrual cycles, cycle tracking, cycle rituals, contraception, the feminine, eating and moving for your cycle, and so much more. It's the number one place to discover how to end cycle signs and PMS for good. For less than $2 a day, each month you'll receive access to over 150 live recorded classes and cycle-specific learning modules across a wide range of formats like written, audio, video, and home study. Not to mention every single membership gives back with menstrual cups to menstruators in need, thanks to our commitment with the COVID project. Join me and hundreds of women from all over the world inside our private Facebook community and online learning portal as together we awaken our cycle, reconnect our bodies and guide you to live in cyclical harmony. Learn more and join us at www.wellsome.com forward slash academy. Gina, welcome to the show. Hey, it's so good to be here. I am very blessed that you're here. Good friends. Lots of love to you. Now, before we jump into this fun topic for the start of 2022, first episode of the year, tell us how are you feeling today and what day of your cycle is it? I am on day three 
and I'm feeling really excited. There's some really fun projects coming up. It's just an exciting time of year. And yeah, feeling super extra excited to be chatting to you. Amazing. Thank you. I'm very excited to be chatting to you too. We've literally just spent like 30 minutes just chatting before we hit record anyway. Um, but that's what you do with good friends. So I am excited. We're talking about habits today. And I thought this would be the perfect topic to launch for 2022 first episode with because it's the time of year where everyone wants to form the best habits for the upcoming year, right? But before we talk about all that, tell us, who are you and what is it that you do? <laughs> so how, did you get I, to do how do I get to do this? So I'm Dr. Gina Cleo. I trained as a dietitian and I loved being a dietitian. I wanted to do that because both my grandparents had type 2 diabetes and I was born in Egypt and in our culture, food and gathering around food is like a real cultural love language. And my grandparents weren't always able to share in that with us because they were managing their type 2 diabetes. And so I really wanted them to be able to participate in what we're doing. So I became a dietitian and I loved doing that. And I did that for a few years, had a private practice, worked at a few different hospitals. And then I realized that I could help people short term. I could give them some really great advice and they could reach some of their goals, but they would end up back in my clinic working on the same things that we'd already worked so hard to achieve before. So I ended up just taking some time out and going back and doing my PhD at Bond University. And I was just looking at why our brain does what it does. Why do we do the things we do? Why we don't do the things we really want to do? And I found this incredible rabbit hole in habits. And so my PhD was all about habit change. And I've just dedicated my life and my career to understanding our habits and helping people to change their habits long term. I love that because this is the thing that's like, it's so easy to do, but it's so hard to do at the same time. It's like, why can't I just change this? Um, what a rabbit hole, especially a good shift from being a dietitian into, into habits because you're spot on. If your habits aren't in place and supportive of you, you're probably never going to make the dietary changes that are required if you need dietary changes in the first place, right? Exactly. Yeah. So what did you discover in your habit journey around learning about habits um, and why are habits important? Oh, my goodness. What I discovered would take us 10 hours. So let me give you a summary. <laughs> I guess you did do a PhD. In it, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It took three and a half years. So one of the biggest things I learned really is in our community, we don't actually learn the tools for habit change. We learn a lot about behavior change, but we don't learn anything about habit change. And there's a really distinct difference between them. And this also answers your question about why we form habits. So we make around 35,000 decisions every single day. And if we were to make each one of those decisions consciously, we would be super exhausted before we've even gotten out of bed. And so what our brain does is it automates things that it's recognized that are either like good for us or convenient or going to preserve some energy because they've been a pattern or a routine we've done more than one time. So habits are an energy preserving mechanism of our brain and they are incredible because if we didn't have that, we literally would have to make 35,000 decisions consciously. And oh my goodness. I mean, by the time I figured out what to wear and what to eat for breakfast, I'm done. <laughs> it's like 9am and I'm like, oh my God, what a day. <laughs> My brain is overloaded. I can't do anything else. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you know, that's why Mark Zuckerberg and Barack Obama wear the exact same thing to work every single day. It's that one less decision to make. 
So our brain is basically in automation mode when it's creating habits. Oh, this is interesting because when it comes to behavior change, how is that different to changing your habits? Because obviously behavior somewhat comes from the brain, but it, it comes from a lot of other aspects too, right? Yeah. Okay. Love it. So your behavior, your behaviors are the things that you do intentionally and it's the choices you do intentionally. It's when you're consciously thinking, how do I get from A to B? What should I cook for dinner? What should we do on the weekend? It's those things that you don't do every day the same. Whereas your habits are your subconscious decisions and thoughts. It's putting on a seatbelt when you get in the car. It's brushing your teeth in the morning because that's part of your morning routine. It's putting on your pants left leg before right leg. Like it's the things you just do subconsciously without thinking. They are your habits. Oh, I love those examples because there are so many things that you do subconsciously without thinking. Oh, yeah. heaps like I'm just thinking 85% of your day yeah isn't it crazy Mm -hmm. and it's that's I guess that's why um you know certain things are monotonous in the sense that they're just like the same like the Groundhog Day experience but then we mix it up with like clothing or we change you know or go drive a different avenue to work today um I'm just trying to think of in my mind all the things that I do every day just unconsciously even though I'm awake but I'm conscious (laughs) and they're kind of unconscious there's a lot anyway (laughs) moving on Um, That's really good to know, but the difference between habits and behavior change. Mm -hmm. So how would one create change? Because I know some people really struggle to change things. So, you know, as a dietitian, I'm sure you saw a lot of habitual change challenges with food, you know, even poor lifestyle choices like drinking alcohol too much or, you know, five cups of coffee a day or smoking or, you know, just poor food choices in general. So if someone's, you know, really challenged with, changing a habit for a particular reason like why do some people get challenged and some people find it really easy yeah there's a few reasons actually so the more complex a habit is the more difficult it is to change the more habitual you are as a person the more difficult it is to change a habit like I'm not naturally a habitual person it's not in my temperament to be habitual but other people are and that's just how it is we're sort of born like that If you're trying to change a habit that's too big, too complex, too many at once, that's going to be really hard. If you are in a state called ego depletion, and ego depletion is basically when you're running out of self-control and self-control is a fleeting resource. And the things that will deplete it are things like being hungry, being, having stress in your life or experiencing negative emotions, being tired. So having some fatigue or sleeplessness and just being super busy, those things are going to deplete your self-control. And that's going to make it harder to have that motivation and that oomph to change your habits because your habits are occurring automatically. So those are some of the reasons why it's hard to change the habits. And I think one of the other things is we're not, we're obviously not conscious all the time of our habits. Sometimes they're triggered and you're halfway through doing what you're doing before you're like, Oh, I'm doing this again. And I do. Oh, shit. Side. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'll try again tomorrow. <laughs> so, yeah, those are some of the reasons. I find that so fascinating. Like, the just the, even the fact that you mentioned about stress and sleep depletes your self control. This just mm-hmm. makes me think of everyone in that pre menstrual phase of their cycle where they're like, oh my God, I just, the ice cream just, made me eat it 
And I don't know how that happened. Yes. It's, I feel that we get to this point in our cycle where we've pushed ourselves so hard through this ovulation, like, oh my God, estrogen's so strong and I feel so confident I can do everything kind of phase that we get to this in autumn time and we're just so pushed and stressed and sleep deprived that we're just like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to eat the pizza. Totally. And that's where your ego really, excuse my language, but fucks up your habits, right? Pretty much. You have literally got no self-control left to, or very, very little anyway, to try to push through and make one more decision that's going to be any barrier to what you actually want to be doing. Yes. And it's so true. Like I know you'll contest to this too, that when there's a challenge that's like really big in your life, that is both stressful and depriving you of your sleep. Naturally, you just want to ego, like egotistically self-sabotage anyway, regardless, <laughs> regardless of the, the fact that you might be ego depleted, but you just yeah. want to be like, you know what? Life sucks right now. I'm just going to yeah. drink all this alcohol. I'm just going to get wasted. I'm going to eat all this crappy food. And it's just like such a vicious cycle. So this is an episode at the beginning of the year. So it's often this time of the year where people are like, you know what? I had a lot of these habits last year that I didn't really like, and I really want to create better habits this year. And many people do this around food, all those, you know, daily habit things, you know, like I really want to have a better shower or I really want to start flossing my teeth, or you know, I really want to eat more greens. So for everyone who's listening, who's like, you know what, I had some pretty crappy habits that I want to kind of eliminate from 2021 and bring in new ones for 2022. How do you support a positive change in habits? Like mm. you, I know you mentioned like small steps, so it's not too overwhelming. Yeah. But how do you actually make that happen and turn it into a habit instead of it being a task? Yeah. Awesome question. Love this. Okay. So we talked about how habits. <laughs> she just, everyone, she just hit her peak and she's private right now. <laughs> I told you I was excited to talk to you. <laughs> okay. So what you need to do with habits is you have to create a trigger for them. And what I mean by a trigger is it's going to be either the time of day, the place that you're in, your social or emotional situation, or the action that you've just taken. So they are your five triggers. And a habit is always triggered by something else. So like I was saying before, putting on your seatbelt is a habit. It's triggered by you sitting in the car. Brushing your teeth in the morning is a habit that's triggered by your morning routine. A habit will only be a habit if it's attached to a trigger. If you don't attach it to a trigger, you will always be in that I need self-control behavior mode, which you need to get out of because we've just learned that self-control goes up and down all the time. You can't expect that life is going to be super breezy, flowy all the time. It ain't gonna happen. (laughs) (laughs) So what you want to do is create automations. So you would say you would get your goal. And you would break it down in what I call micro habits or like smaller bite-sized pieces of that goal. And you would work at literally just trying to achieve that tiny goal, but you would attach it to something. So if it's say you want to eat more fruit, you might say with breakfast, I'm going to eat one piece of fruit. And then the breakfast becomes your trigger. Breakfast time is your trigger. At the beginning, you might need an alarm or a reminder or to actually put your piece of fruit with whatever you're having for breakfast. You remember But the more you do it, the more automatic it gets and to the point where it'll just feel like second nature. Mm, I love this. I'm just thinking of everyone who's like, I really want to track my cycle better this year. And I'm like, well, the trigger is like, oh, my period arrived or it's the new moon. So this is the new cycle for me. It's, you know, 
I've never thought of habits like that with a trigger because often people think of a trigger as like an emotional negative kind of connotation around, you know, well, you're triggered and so therefore you're angry, right? Yeah, and it's so not at all. Mm, This is super interesting. Okay. So with, you mentioned breakfast. Okay, I want to eat more fruit. Okay, anytime I make breakfast, I'm going to add a piece of fruit to that. What if the like it's a bigger habit that they're wanting to create? What if they're like, you know what, my relationships in 2021 sucked ass. And I really want to, I'm just like, this happened to people. So it's a really good example. You know, it sucked ass. And that's because I was too up myself or I wasn't open enough. I wasn't vulnerable enough. Mm. So this is a bigger habit change than just adding a piece of fruit to breakfast. Yeah. So how would someone go around changing, you know, a habit around receiving text messages with dating or with, you know, putting themselves out there with their new job or their work or their study. Um, you know, what's like, what's some steps that, that would support this change of, of yeah, a habit? Cool. So the first thing you want to do is identify your triggers. So we're going to work it backwards now is when you weren't investing in whatever it is you wanted to invest in, what was going on? Because you wanted to do something and you did something that was the opposite of that. So what, was there? Is it a fear? Is it a, what kind of barriers are going on? And when we can identify that, we can work with them because we can use them as those triggers. So it might be when I'm walking into a meeting, I'm going to at least make one suggestion. And that would be the putting yourself out there thing. Or if I'm going to receive a text message from a friend, I'm going to respond within a certain period of time. So you would actually create those scenarios and make them your triggers but then you would decide the action, the course of action that you would take that's obviously going to get you towards the goal that you want to achieve. Oh, I like that. Okay, cool. So if someone is like, all right, every time I walk into the the boardroom meeting, I'm going to put myself out there and make a suggestion or make a comment. Mm -hmm. And then it's like February and I haven't done this yet. (laughs) Do they just put a new trigger in there or how do they rewrite that experience so that they can go, okay, this hasn't worked for me. What is stopping me from doing it or how can I create the structure around this new habit so that I can implement the habit? Yeah, it's a tough one because you've got to know, I guess, your barriers. Like, why is it that you haven't put yourself out there when that was your goal to do so? And it, sometimes is that the goal that you've set's too much, it's too big, it's too scary. But I think as well, this there's a lot of self-compassion that's important when you're starting a new habit because it's hard. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Changing changing any kind of automated behavior or thought is a difficult thing to do because your brain is literally wired to do what it's always done. You know, there's a quote that I love and it says, most of the time, what we do is what we do most of the time. And we do something different. And so I guess it's walking into that meeting and saying, it's going to be really hard for me to put myself out there but I'm going to do it because the outcome of that is going to be la 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 la. And you write down all the things that, you know, it's going to do for you, but acknowledge the fact that it's going to be hard. It's going to be challenging, but you just need to do a tiny small amount of it. Oh, I like this. Okay. So what I'm hearing is that for action steps, the people who are listening to this, because it's the new year, everyone's about action. Let's face it. Yeah. yeah. All types of action. So (laughs) the first, (laughs) the first thing is people should really write down a list of what their goals are. Is that what you would suggest as the first thing? For sure. And I'm hearing that it'd be good to write down a list of maybe what triggers could be for each goal. I'm just piecing this together. Like this could be totally wrong. So you let me know. Okay. Okay. And then once they've done that, they should really observe, okay, well, what are their obstacles and barriers 
So what is going to be the thing that stops you? So as an example, if I want to stop eating chocolate, which is, I don't know why everyone has a habit. I know. you right there. It's so good for you. (laughs) Some people have this thing. I want to stop eating chocolate and, or I want to stop eating junk food. Let's just say that. That's a better one. Let's, I want to stop eating junk food. So if that's the goal, they need to work out, well, what is the trigger? And the trigger could be make us like, what's the suggestion? Oh, like boredom, loneliness. Great. So when I feel bored, I'm going to eat this. Or mm-hmm. when I'm bored, like lost for an idea of what I'm going to make for dinner, I'm just going to go buy junk food. Mm-hmm. So would they then look at what is going to be the obstacle around yeah. that? And so what are some common barriers or obstacles that people face that kind of holds them back. It's like the imaginary, like someone hold me back or I'm going to change this habit. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I always tell people to count the cost when they're setting their goals. And I think it's so important to be super realistic about the things that you are going to have to sacrifice to achieve the goal that you're putting out for yourself. This year, last year, actually, I put a goal into myself that I wanted to get a better sleep routine. And I was writing down all the things that I need that I was going to have to sacrifice. And part of that was I might be leaving social events earlier. I will probably need to make sure that I'm eating dinner a little bit earlier. I can't have caffeine after a certain time. Like there was all the stuff that I had to do and it was a sacrifice. But then I went down the list and I was like, is that worth it? Yep. Is that worth it? Yep. And if you have one thing that's like, whoa, that's not going to be worth the sacrifice. You're not likely to actually stick to that goal. Mm, That's so good. I like that. Okay. So next question. Hopefully you're enjoying this because I know I am. How would you know if a goal or sorry, a habit that you've set for yourself, you're like, this is my focus of my new habit for this year. How do you know if it's going to be supportive or unsupportive? Like when you're creating your habit list, because I feel that a lot of people get to like the 12th hour of the last day of the last hour of the year, like, shit, I haven't written my habits or my goals for next year. And they're like furiously writing them all out. Maybe put a bit more effort into putting your goals together. <laughs> if you're listening to this in the new year and you haven't yet done that, it's okay. You can start a new habit any day. It doesn't have to be the 1st of January. But when it comes to something being supportive or unsupportive, how do you know if that habit is going to support, I guess, your long-term goal or your values as opposed to be unsupportive? Yeah, cool. Let's think of it this way. If you were to maybe ask yourself this, if you were to do this habit every single day, what will happen in five years time, in 10 years time, in six months time? How will it reshape and change your life? What are the positives and negatives that might come out of that? And I think that's a really great way of identifying if the habit is going to be serving you or not. I think as well is asking yourself why I'm doing this. Are you doing this for someone else, for other people? Um, Because it's like a cool trend to write a gratitude journal or is it actually something that you want to do for you? I know I tried um, when I first started working from home, I wanted to just start implementing some like healthy things. And one of the things I wanted to do is start doing like 10 minutes meditation during the day because it helps to increase your self-control. P.S. Side note to do like just a little bit of meditation. And I downloaded a meditation app and I was like, oh, I'm all over this. I'm like a wellness guru. I have got this. No, I was terrible at it. It actually stressed me out so much. It was completely counterproductive to my goal of (laughs) de-stressing. What I found is if I was just to step outside in my backyard and play with my puppy for 10 minutes, 
I totally de-stressed. I was in nature. I was getting all these fun endorphins and I was being active and it did exactly what I wanted it to do without having to follow a trend of, you know, meditating in a certain way. And so ask yourself what it is that you're actually trying to achieve and why it is that you're doing what you're doing. And does it align with you? Does it, does it resonate? Does it sit well? Oh, I like this, especially your chat about Macy out on the yard. Um, It's interesting because I feel that a lot of habits today are really kind of like peer pressured. Mm-hmm. And it's not peer pressured like you're at school and everyone's peer pressuring you in person. It's kind of like, oh, everyone else is doing it. I should probably do it too. Totally. Yeah. I'll just never forget like when all of a sudden it was really cool to get like a full leg tattoo. <laughs> because before because before that, this, this maybe might not be the best example, but I do remember the change of when like people didn't really have tattoos and all of a sudden like everyone was covered in tattoos. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like, look, that's a habit that you can't undo very easily. <laughs> Right. Yeah. You can, you can use this example in the future if you like. I love this. Um, Thank you. But you can't you can't undo that habit very easily. But are you just going to follow because everyone else is? Yeah. And I feel that there is a lot of trends, and fashion is definitely a great example of that. That we live in a world, and I can say this having been in the fashion industry as a designer, that you it's just all about following the trend, following the trend. And I love that you mentioned that about meditating because, you know, meditating in the middle of the day is not for everybody because it actually is against your Ayurvedic clock and time of the day. So it actually is count- completely counterproductive in the middle of the day. Yeah. Um, so it's so interesting that you say this because, you know, it's just a trend. And have you seen this in your work that a lot of people just follow the trends Ooh, yeah. with habits as opposed to, like, you know, what really serves me? Oh, definitely. Okay. The top two would be running. And it's like, whoa, not everybody needs to be really running. running. I would never have thought of that. Yeah, it's a thing. And the other one is diets, like whatever it might be. And I'm not dissing these, but whether it's intermittent fasting or, you know, all the different trends like veganism, like none of it is bad or wrong, but why are you doing it? Is it even Mm. going to serve your goal at the end of the day? I love that. And it comes back to what you were saying that like, what are you trying to achieve and why are you doing it? Exactly. Because and are you happy you, doing it? Because if you're miserable doing something, my Lord, you're not going to do a really good job at sticking at it and I can't even help you. Yeah, you can't, no one can help you no. if you're doing something that you're not actually enjoying. Yeah. And I think that's just self-punishment, the opposite of self-pleasure. Mm. You Which know, is going to deplete your self-control even more, making it even harder to do the next day. I think that's actually self-pleasure is a good example because if we just use yoni eggs, you know, and yoni eggs are really healthy. Um, have you ever used a yoni egg? No. Oh, oh my no. God. Okay. okay. Um, I'm not the yoni egg queen. That's my friend Rosie Rees. But, um, you know, yoni eggs are really fantastic for reconnecting with your yoni. So they're great at, you know, as opposed to, let me just rephrase here. Um, if anyone wants to dive really deep, this isn't the episode for yonis or yoni eggs, but we can turn it into the episode. I don't for know yonis. how we digress to this, but it's great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love chatting with my good friends on the podcast. But when it comes to, to yoni eggs, is um, there is a podcast episode. You can go listen to that. So just search for that within the podcast on um, the show notes, just wilson.com forward slash podcast, yoni eggs, is that, the habit is really on trend at the moment to like buy a glass wand or use a yoni egg. And particularly for those who are in this world who listen to this podcast, it's very on trend. Now, if you're 
connecting and you're buying a yoni egg just because everyone else is doing it, your yoni is probably going to shut the egg out. What that means is that it might be uncomfortable to wear the yoni egg inside your yoni. It might not feel right for you. It might feel like you just keep avoiding the habit altogether because you ultimately don't really want to do it anyway. But if it is something that you want to do, your body would be open to it. And I think this is really interesting around habits that are forced and you're forcing yourself to do because everyone else is doing it. I better do mm. it so it feels good versus doing like what really feels good and in alignment for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I notice this all the time with cyclical living, like people forcing themselves to like track really intricately with the moon. And I'm like, dude, it's not actually the most important part of cycle tracking. Yes. <laughs> um, so this is super interesting. Um, diets and running. Never thought yeah. about running. I know, right? Um, I'm definitely not a runner I'm anymore. I'm not a runner either. Like, put me near a barbell any day. <laughs> put me near a walk. Away. Yeah. <laughs> uh, or a grandstand. I'm kidding. I do move my body, everybody. I have to interrupt this episode to let you know that today is sponsored by my five-day Love Your Cycle mini course. This is a self-paced course to teach you the foundations and fundamentals of your menstrual cycle in less than a week. If you are a woman looking to rediscover your cycle, reconnect with your feminine in a new way, understand your cycle signs and what they mean, this is the mini course for you. Receive daily educational class videos and audios, along with action steps, cycle tracking guides, cycle prompts, and the Love Your Cycle 50 page ebook and audiobook. This is your chance to discover the things that you wish you had have been taught about your cycle at school, how to eat how to move, honoring your emotions, and identifying PMS and cycle signs before they arise. It's your turn to join thousands of women from all over the world who have already taken this course to reclaiming and reconnecting with their bodies. And you can do this too for less than a fancy vegan burger in under a week. To learn more, head to wellsome.com forward slash shop. That's W-E-L-L-S-O-M-E.com forward slash shop. And use the code CYCLELOVE to save 20% off. Let's talk about the habit with diet because you brought up diets. Mm. Um, Having been a dietitian and knowing a lot about the process, if someone is wanting to start a habit with a diet, what would you suggest for them to look at that might be outside of like why you're doing it and what are you trying to achieve? Like, is there anything that you can give them that's a little bit more to give them a little bit, um, I guess, a bit of a deeper reflection on, is this really suited to my body? Mm. Well, I guess what, what, is, what makes your body feel good? What energizes you rather than takes away your energy? Um, are you putting restrictions in place? Are you putting food rules down? Because that shouldn't be part of it either. I think one of those, you know, when we talk about food habits, it's also good to be mindful that we always want a variety. So if it's fruit, maybe make it a habit of getting a different piece of fruit every week from the farmer's market. I love that. Yeah. Like mixing things up, but also sticking to fundamentals of, I know this feels good for my body and that's what I'm going to do, but not being too rigid either. Like being rigid with your diet is going to be a counterproductive process because generally our inner child is like, I'm not going to do that. And we have this like little rebel who's like, you know, you've probably felt this when you're like, I'm, I'm not going to have that. And you get restrictive and then you end up with like three of those things in your mouth all at once. 
<laughs> it's like I always say, you never tell the kids to not eat the cookies from the cookie jar because all the mm-hmm. kids are going to want to do is eat the cookies from the cookie jar. Exactly. And so it's kind of like, no, mum says it's a really shitty thing to do. You should never do that. And so what do you want to do? The opposite of what your mum says. Exactly. Um, it's just, yeah, our brains are wired like that. It's we don't grow out of that. <laughs> no, which is unfortunate but also good at the same time. Yeah. Um, I think the biggest thing is being mindful. If, we, if you were to do one habit, relating to food is be mindful of your hunger and fullness of how food makes you feel of when you're eating certain things is it because of a certain like time of your cycle is it because of a certain emotion and it's okay to be swayed with our food choices because that's part of our social fabric even like when we're around the more people around the more food we're going to eat the more variety there is the more food we'll eat like there are so many influences to why we make food choices and I just think if you're mindful and you're self-compassionate it's going to be a wonderful thing Mm, totally I had a question in my mind before about food and food habits actually I'll ask you a different question if you're open to sharing what's one new food habit that you would like to introduce into the new year of 2022 I really suck at making fruit a part of my diet. Is that why you keep using fruit as an example? Probably, like <laughs> self-reflection. <laughs> and I want to do that more. Um, okay, cool. I think because I tend to snack on really easy things that I can just shove in my handbag and it's like nuts or like protein bars that I make or bliss balls, like, like really portable food that I know could be out of the fridge and won't get squished in my bag. And I tend to do that, but I don't have to as well because I work from home a lot and, you know, I can, I've got, I take a lunchbox. So really I don't have any excuses when I'm out and about, but I'd like. You're witnessing her change her habit in her mind right now. (laughs) I know, right? I'm like convincing myself as I talk. (laughs) That's what I'd like to do more. I love fruit. I just don't have a habit of eating very much of it. Oh, okay, great. What would you say? Habit for food. I think for me, the best habit that I would like to introduce, and you know, Wadey, my partner, mm-hmm. is he likes to kind of eat a little bit later. And I would definitely would like to introduce a, or solidify the habit of eating and having finished eating by 7 p.m. Mm-hmm. I really don't deal too well with eating too late. It kind of throws out my rhythm of the day a bit um, and definitely impacts my sleep a little. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I would like to do is change that mm-hmm. habit um been working on it already but not fully successfully because it's a team effort when you eat with a person (laughs) another person um so the other question I was going to ask you is if you could only recommend one new habit around food for someone in the new year what would you suggest be mindful (laughs) oh I love that I love that listen to your body check in that's a really good habit the one that I would recommend would be to really be attached to how you eat your food not what you're eating Ooh, i like it um the t- so yeah everyone take those two notes down great little takeaways <laughs> i'm just giving you the habits you need to do yes. um all right so we're kind of wrap like getting closer towards wrapping up we've only got a few final little questions i'd love to like chat with you about and then ask you a couple of personal ones what are some good daily habits that you would recommend if someone was like, look, I just want to improve and bring in some new good daily habits. What are the most common ones that you see and that you would also recommend to people to introduce that are really supportive of overall lifestyle and health? Yeah, cool. So having a, setting a sleep routine is really important. So going to bed at similar time and waking up at a similar time, moving your body is 100% the most powerful habit that you can implement. 
exercising, it helps you sleep, helps you concentrate. It releases endorphins. It reduces stress and anxiety and depression. Like it is the magic pill really. So definitely moving your body, eating a variety of fruit and vegetables. I know I sound like the most cliche dietitian, but it's for real guys. There's research behind this. So do it. (laughs) It's beneficial to eat close to nature. (laughs) Yeah, that's it. And then making time for both rest and play. So rest is your chill time. It might be meditation or reading a book, doing some deep breathing, a bath, like mindfully drinking a hot cup of tea. And then your play is like the fun things that you do. It might be hanging with a friend, playing with your dog, like playing a board game. It doesn't matter what it is, but something that brings you joy. That's also really important. And connecting, connecting with friends and family on whatever forum that might be, it actually reduces your rate of mortality. So like so mortality is such an awful word. You basically die it away. It is, later. isn't it? It, just, <laughs> it, it? it extends your life expectancy. Thanks. You know what? That was so much more graceful. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I need friends like you in my life. <laughs> mortality is not a really uplifting word is it when you so use gross. it in when it's got to be used in a context like that mm, that um, should be a blue it adds years to your life <laughs> adds years to your life yes so connection with true genuine people in your world who check in on you you check in on them and you have this really great connected conversation is the best soul food oh these are these are all real good i can just see that they all just add lightness to your life really Mm. um I love what you mentioned about movement being like one of the most powerful tools and it just goes to show like you mentioned how it releases hormones like oxytocin for example it's just so interesting that some people tap into like the feeling of that and then can get so addicted to the feeling that then that habit becomes counterproductive for them that's true too so when that happens you know what's a good example um, someone who's like, oh my God, I'm going to join. This is a hypothetical example. I'm going to join the gym and I'm going to lose like 20 kilos. And then they become, oh my God, the gym feels so good for me. I just love going to the gym. And then they just overdo the gym so much so that they get too lean or their body fat percentage is too, too thin or too little for a female, particularly that's not healthy. Um, you know, and then they start to abuse that feeling or the sensation of that oxytocin release. Mm-hmm how to guide someone when their habit is healthy, but then it's become destructive at the same time. Like what would you suggest? Yeah. I think this is one of those things where you've probably tapped into addiction and addiction, although overlaps with habits is a completely different ball game where there's going to be some therapy required. (laughs) There's going to be some extra support, some accountability and some really checking in and, thinking, why am I doing this? How is it serving me? All those questions that we talked about before, like all those awesome reflections. But I think deep down, deep down, a lot of people with addictions, even if it's exercise, know that it's probably an unhelpful habit, but it's understanding what it is. How is that habit serving them? Because every habit we have, even the ones that we don't want to have are serving us somehow. So let's say that every night you come home and you eat loads of dessert after dinner and you do that every single night. That might not be helping your like health goals, but it is serving the fact that you're um, like appeasing your sweet tooth, for example. So there's going to be some sort of serving in everything that you do, even if it's not healthy in other ways. And so it's really trying to tap into how is this 
what is the reward that I'm getting from this? And why is it that I'm craving that? And how else can I get that reward without having to do this destructive behavior? Oh, this is really juicy. I like it. (laughs) Um, Yeah, because sometimes destructive behavior, when we think of addiction, often people don't know that they have the addiction or in the addiction mode. And that's when you're like, okay, well, we need to speak to someone else about this. This is definitely getting Mm. to a different ballgame. But I think, and like, let me know if you think similar or if you have a different kind of viewpoint um, or different suggestion around it, is that I think an addiction is something that if you didn't have it present in your day, you would feel anxious, you'd feel overwhelmed, you'd feel a little bit crappy or snappy around it, um, and you can't live without it for more than two days. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that that's if there's something in your life and you feel like that towards it, maybe then explore, okay, hang on, is this addiction or is this a habit that I have? Yeah. Or is this just a passion that I'm addicted to? I'm addicted over. Um, I think that's a good way to explore it. What would you suggest? Yeah, I really like that. Like when you're feeling angst, if you're not able to actually enact that same, like I say, addiction that you have been, then yeah, there's something going on there. You know, I actually did this not that long ago where like I'm obsessed with chai lattes because they are life. And (laughs) although, yeah, (laughs) chai's are life. And although I wouldn't say it was an addiction at all, it was definitely just a habit and a routine. I didn't like that when I would stay at a friend's house, for example, I'd get up in the morning and there's no chai and I'd be like, oh, I feel like I can't start my day properly. And I was like, whoa, I don't like the rigidity of this. And so I intentionally would drink a different kind of tea every single day so that I wasn't being ruled, I guess, by this chai tea. <laughs> it sounds like it's some like God. My life is over. I can't start my day with chai. <laughs> No, but I really, (laughs) I didn't want anything to determine, to change my mood or to change my view on on my morning, for example. And I didn't want anything to be, yeah, like the command. So I would just, I changed it up and now it's like, cool, I can have a chai or not. Like I'm super flexible about it. And I would say, honestly, we should probably do that a little bit more with a lot of the things we do. I think that's such a good up really good suggestion. I love cyclical living, like eating in tune with your cycle, moving in tune with your cycle, because nothing is the same. Mm -hmm. So every week there's like a slightly different version of food. Every week there's a slightly different version of movement. So you never get kind of stuck. And this is one of the benefits of, you know, a female's reproductive system and hormone makeup, as opposed to a male's reproductive, like male, male's rhythms are designed on like a 24 hour cycle. Like they're the same every single day. And this is why their habits are a little bit more challenging to break. You could say, but I love that suggestion that like mixing it up and allowing it to be different. And I know that for me, when I went through um, some real personal challenges in 2020, I literally love going to yoga, but I was like, I have to go to a new studio just to change it up. Like I was like, I have to start walking a different hill just to change, like I was still doing the same thing, but I just had to do it at different places so that it felt like it was different as opposed to the same. And that helped me create my own changes and habits through trauma and challenge. Um, So yeah, I love that chat about addiction and versus habit because it's so evident and it's so out there, right? Oh my goodness. And I love that you were so in tune with that fact that doing different things improved your sense of well-being because that's totally what the research shows is people who are really stuck in rigid routines 
experience lower levels of well-being than people who are happy to take a different route to work, to walk a different hill, to eat a different meal on Monday nights. Like it's, and I actually do the same. I will intentionally do things differently to the point where like, I'll go to a restaurant and I'll (laughs) order food that I know I like 10 other things better, but I'm like, but I've never tried this. So I kind of have to just check that one out. because I want to do I something love it. different <laughs> yeah you're like no I'm gonna be the different person every single time yeah I I'm think that, that. <laughs> that's really beautiful because I when you were saying that it makes me think of the art of the feminine versus the art of the masculine is that the va- the masculine is very much about drive or like the it's very much about erection so it's like point one pointed focus um drive being able to take action and just do the same thing literally mm-hmm. Whereas a feminine is all about surrendering and allowing. And what you were saying that people who have more addictive habits and are really in that kind of mind frame and struggle to make a change when things aren't good versus the people who are able to make a change. I think the only difference between the two is that they're either too attached to the masculine or they're more allowing in the feminine. Potentially. And actually males will form habits much quicker than females. And But I've always put it down to like, you know, females have hormones and we have more emotional expression and we feel more. And, and so we're more driven by those waves in our world. Whereas males, like you're saying, it's like 24 hours and they're still the same as they were yesterday. <laughs> it's the same meal. It's the same coffee. It's yes. like B um like my partner same smoothie with the same ingredients at the same time same gym routine same gym time same meditation to practice same meditation length every day (laughs) I was like babe be cyclical a little bit you know (laughs) like just yeah and now he does really crave you know when I'm in my inner winter he's like can I be a little bit inner winter too I was like babe of course you can yeah you can and so we can have a bit of downtime together but it's interesting because you're so spot on. When I teach in schools, the examples of the male cycle versus the female cycle is I always say, think of someone in your life who is really much focused on the same type of food every day, the same time they go to the gym or the same kind of routine every day. And everyone's like, oh, that's my dad or that's my mm. uncle or that's my brother. And they're always males. And this isn't to be sexist. This is just fact. Science, the, 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 yeah. Exactly. Males' brains are wired like that. So if you're a male and you're listening to this, thanks for tuning in. And we but love you. We love you, hearts. <laughs> Parting. Um, maybe just learn to apply a little bit more femininity and softness and allowing. And I think that women have this ability through the, like the endocrine system specifically with the process of like building up for ovulation and then releasing through menstruation. So we constantly go through this taking in and then releasing mm-hmm. you know, cycle that I think that really supports our ability to change habits and to surrender. So if you've got a habit in place and you're like, I can't stay at my friend's house unless they have chai, because if Mm. they don't have chai, my life is over. I'm going to suck that day. Is that if you're like, okay, cool. I normally have chai, but when I'm out and about, I get to explore other things. At least you're surrendering to that process. Um, This is definitely something I had to learn when I had leaky gut and you know, we're eating out at different people's houses and living with, you know, being gluten-free and dairy-free is very much surrendering into what is available to you at the time. Mm. Um, and it's challenging, but it's also a really beautiful art of just surrendering into the feminine. Yeah. Oh, okay. So <laughs> two final questions for you. And then we have a podcast question is when it comes to habit hacking tips, we've gone through a bunch of stuff. 
already. But if someone's wanting to like make really good habits in 2022 or any time, what are some tips to actually executing a new habit? So your brain is only capable of changing up to three things at once. So I would not set any more than three habits at a time. Good number. Yeah. I would even just do one or two to start off with. And so that would be tip number one. Tip number two is make sure that those habits are small enough for you to feel like you can achieve them. And you have to really believe you can achieve them. Self-efficacy is the number one predictor of whether somebody's going to actually achieve their habit or not. And self-efficacy is a fancy word for self-belief, basically. So you got to get some of that into you. Um, I would say accountability is really important. So accountability can double your chance of success of actually achieving your habit. And that could be a partner, a friend, an app. It doesn't matter what it is, but just something that's helping you track along the way. Um, They were probably like my top three things. Oh, I love it. Thank you. Um, Yes. Accountability is very helpful. I find that it's like, hey, how are you doing with that thing? Yes. You know, people like it really kind of from, oh, shit, actually, God, I better do that. Someone's going to ask me about it. Right. So good, good point. Um, don't worry, I'm not going to ask you about your chai. Um, so, hey, I'm going good. You can ask me. I'm doing I'll ask great. you about fruit instead. Um, <laughs> so when um, we're entering 2022, would you be open to sharing some habits that you would like to welcome into the new year? Mm. Ooh, I want to start walking Macy in the afternoons. That's a dog for everyone who doesn't know. Yeah, that's my dog, Macy Gray. <laughs> not not um, her invisible friend. No. <laughs> I'm not that weird. But that would also be completely acceptable if that's what you do. Yeah, totally. <laughs> because what I'm doing at the moment is I'm walking her in the mornings, which means it's either her or I. So either I can go to the gym and do my thing or walk Macy. And if I was to switch it up and take her in the afternoons, then I can have a better routine in the morning. I can actually spend a day stretching or doing some yoga or doing something for me. The reason I haven't done that is because I probably work too many hours and I get to like the end of the day and I'm like, oh my goodness, the sunset, I got to get home and eat dinner. And then it's too late for Paul or Macy. So that's what I want to do, which also goes into another habit of actually setting a better work-life routine. I'm not going to say balance, but I'm going to say a routine where I'm actually starting work and ending work at similar times of the day. So I've got a bit more of a flowy afternoon. I think working for yourself, and you probably totally relate to this, gym. you can work endless hours and there's no totally. one there. And there's no security guard, like turning the lights off in the office, being like, yo, why are you still here? <laughs> You the building's just- been locked down in five minutes. <laughs> exactly. And some paper down. <laughs> yeah, out of here. So, you know, I can find myself working probably way too many hours. No, definitely way too many hours. And I'm really at a stage of my life where counting the cost, it's not worth it. I don't want to do that. Yeah. So they're probably like the main things that I really want to focus on this year. They're really beautiful habits. Thank you for yeah. sharing them. Thank cool. you. Do you have any? Oh, okay. Um, I wasn't expecting that. So I already mentioned about the eating dinner earlier habit. Um, definitely a habit I would like to welcome more is reading. I find that my reading is always about work stuff. Yeah. And as much as I really love reading about menstrual cycles, I feel sometimes that my whole life is about a period. <laughs> so I need a bit of a break. Y'all you, think you have PMS period problems. I'm like, I'm, do, I'm dealing with reading this stuff all the time. Um, but I, that's like goes back to what you were saying about, you know, working many hours is that when you really love what you do, 
it kind of becomes like your life. It's like having a baby. It's very different in this, the terms of like how you birth the baby, but it's a very big responsibility. And, you know, when you're turning up for other people, like as I know you are, and running things online is that it does require you. And sometimes it does require strange hours of the day. Yeah. And, yeah, so for me, I definitely would like to read. Um, more um, my partner has a very good reading habit and I'm a bit jealous sometimes I'm like he's reading for like four hours a day and I was like dude oh put God. the book down do something <laughs> else <laughs> but then you're you're actually like I wish I was you I'm jealous at the same <laughs> time I was just like fuck you yeah. I really love you at the same time you're inspiring me but stop it yes. um, give me a summary of that book it looks really good <laughs> yeah can you just read everything and tell me in 10 points what the, yeah. the take-homes take are um so yeah, that's that's probably like the food at nighttime, the reading. And for me, I guess you could talk about the food at nighttime leading to the other habit of just really having a switch off from work in the evening. Um, I had a really good routine with this already this year until, you know, I launched Cyclical in 2021 and it kind of just stormed out of control. And so as much as I do have a good evening work um, balance with with life, um, I do also teach classes at night. And so not every night, but at least once a week, sometimes not every week, but I do want to instill in that. So they're probably the three main things I would like to focus in on. Um, Everything else I'm really content with at the stage. Love, love, love. Thank you. Thank you. I've loved this. It's such a great episode. Um, Love you. Now tell me, how can, or tell everyone, how can they find you and learn more about Dr. Gina Cleo? (laughs) So you can find me on Insta, it's Dr. Gina Cleo, or my website, (laughs) drginacleo.com. If you're interested in doing a habit course, I run a couple of different courses. You can either jump on my website or I've got another website called habitchangeinstitute.com. And there's some information about my courses on there. But I also, I love hearing from people. I read and respond personally to everyone who, you know, reaches out. So if you've ever got questions or you just like want to say hi, please come over and do so. Thank you so much for sharing. I know you also have a free five-day habit change masterclass. I'll pop a link in for that in the in the show notes. Now, what is that all about? Just quickly tell us about what that is in case people are like, you know what, I want to create some new habits for this year. So Help me, Gina. Yeah, it's such a good idea. Thanks for actually reminding me about that. It's a really great five-day free habit course for anyone who's interested in knowing a little bit more about the neuroscience of habits, like why they do the things they do, but also how to form new habits, how to break old habits, why self-control doesn't work and what to do instead. It's a really practical, like short masterclass of all things habit change. I love it. I love it. So show notes, we'll have that little link in it. All right. So let's talk about final podcast questions. So I ask everybody this question. I want you to switch gears. I want you to think back to your younger teen tween self when your first period arrived. And I want you to think about what you now know and what you wish that you had have known then. So what are three things that you wish you had have known when you started your own menstrual journey all that time ago? Experiencing this much pain is not normal. Mm -hmm keep seeing a guy, another gynecologist or a specialist until you feel heard. Don't settle. Love that one. Um, and it's okay to take time out when you're not feeling well because of your menstrual cycle. Don't Thank push through you. it. <laughs> yeah. Spot on. Don't push like 
girl, don't be so hard on yourself. Rest, yeah. take some time out. Gina, I've loved these. Thank you so much. Love you. Love having you on the show. Um, I know I'll be seeing you like anyway, but have an amazing 2022. Everyone listening, have an amazing 2022. And thank you so much for being here. Thank you. So fun to chat to you. And I'm sure I'll see your face soon. Thank you so much for tuning in to every episode of the Well Women podcast. I trust you enjoyed this episode as much as we did. If you got a lot out of it too, please subscribe and leave a five-star review on iTunes or your podcast app. This means together we can inspire, connect, and educate even more women. Now, is there a bestie, a sister, or a friend who you know may be frustrated and confused with their health? Are they ready to discover new aspects of themselves too? Well, take a screenshot of this podcast episode, share it on your social media, email it, text it, or any way you need to get it to their ears. So together, we can all live in flow, harmony, and balance with our bodies. And be sure to tag me in it too. Hashtag Well Women Podcast. For everything we mentioned in today's episode, you can find this in the show notes over at wellsome.com forward slash podcast. Until next time, beautiful, get connected, listen to your body, and remember, body confidence all begins with living in tune with your menstrual cycle. 